there you have it, folks. Size matters. <laughs> Jason Size and his band with their rendition of Midnight Rider from the Allman Brothers. Um, I think I first ran across that years ago on a sharing service like um, Napster, Kazaa, something of that nature. And uh, I've found a way to contact the artist. I've I've got some, some pretty good stories about <laughs> about talking to some uh, slightly famous musicians. And um, I haven't shared those on the podcast. Maybe I'll, I'll throw some of those out in the coming shows. Anyway, Jason was more than generous and sent me a copy of, of the finished product. He said that was just a demo that I had for him, from him. Um, and anyway... I've I've always appreciated that more than not uh, for myself because there's a story that goes behind the song. Uh, movie soundtracks and scores, things of that nature, have always played a bigger part in my uh, music collection. And they're always very uplifting. You hear the soundtrack to Field of Dreams or Braveheart or Backdraft. You know, in the songs that are in movies like Top Gun, Ghostbusters and all that stuff. So... You know, people have these, um, like wrestling entrance songs. You associate them, and then now they have the videos behind the guys, which they've had for 20 years. You associate this energy, this moment, uh, with that song. If you're a big NCAA fan, you know of uh, One Shining Moment. Well, this is one of my favorite songs. After um, I was a big fan. So I was 11 years old. University of North Carolina defeats Michigan. And I was sick. I, my dad taped it his, um day off of school the next day because I've been sick and I get to watch the game and the house is quiet and at the end they have the cutting of the net ceremony and then they play this song I never knew existed in one shining moment. Mm, I love it. And uh, I didn't realize that was a big tradition. Uh, I've seen that they've changed the song up a little bit since then. But um, anyway, a lot going on in the world, and so I wrote a few notes here, a few highlights. I've got a few things I'm going to go over for Michael L. Craver, number 61, and um, I just, it's been, a, it's been an interesting time, living in a little bit tighter quarters, temporarily, and uh, that's um, nothing new for me. I grew up going to basketball camp, and you know, being in the wrestling room and, and all these, you know, you're in a classroom. And so to me, everything is pretty relative. Uh, familial houses, uh, there's there's some larger than average size houses uh, that I've either lived in or been around. And uh, a fortunate thing, but a lot of builders in the family. So it's like in healthcare, you can get cheaper healthcare because you work in the industry. You can have a nicer house because you have people who build houses. And, and so those skills don't come at the same rate as they might come to someone else. Um, anyhow, it's uh, it's been an interesting time in the smaller quarters. A little more, <laughs> a little more tension, a few more <laughs> edgy moments, that kind of thing. But uh, some good times as, as I've moved some stuff around, stored some stuff. I called up my father. I said, uh, "Hey, man!" I said, "He's." There's a local artist where I live. Dempsey Essick is his name. And he painted this beautiful portrait of um, a historic 
an historic tobacco barn that sits on the edge of my father's property. And uh, so it's a very valued thing to me. Um, it was my uncle's and it given to me. It's a limited number of prints. So uh, I said, can I, you know, put this up in your shop kind of thing until I move and hang it on the wall somewhere, right? And he says, yeah. So I go and see him. And, of course, he's he's full of stories. Dad's always into something. He's got many acres, and he's if he's not working full-time, inspecting and, and doing what he does, it, I'm not going to give his age away, but he's he's eligible for everything the government offers. And <laughs> um, he's still working. He's still got a garden where he grows. You know, I, I, He had decorative pumpkins and corn and tomatoes, and he's always experimenting with stuff like okra and blueberries and sunflowers and watermelons and it's, it's so interesting, but he's got an organic chemistry degree, so it's a hobby of his. He would, you know, just assume work a full day, walk nine holes of golf, come home, garden for till the sun goes down, and maybe he gets some television if uh, there's a day where everything's caught up. <laughs> it's a very interesting uh, work ethic he has, and I think it's rubbed off on me. I'm working 65 hours a week now, so you get a few less episodes, but hopefully the content's a little more piercing. Uh, it penetrates a little deeper than it than it used to, uh, but no, I, I I ran across that and he said, "Here, take some tickets," and he's got tickets to the church uh, that he's attended almost his whole life. Um, does a barbecue chicken dinner, so you? He said, "Bro, they're only doing drive through, right? So you, ten dollars a ticket, you get a plate, which is a a half a bird, and I think it's." I've got them hanging on the wall next to me, baked beans and coleslaw. And then usually, or in years past, uh, the women of the church or whoever uh, was involved, I think it was mostly the, they have a women's group, that's why I say the women, um, they would bake desserts. And then if you bought a plate, you get a dessert. And for the cost of the ticket, you get, you know, the nutritious um, smoked uh, chicken dinner. The church kids... A portion of the proceeds, and then so does the guy who's coming out to do the work. So, interesting times. And uh, I know he told me he had. He said, "I got three tickets. I think I wrote him a check for fifty dollars." And I was, <laughs> I was like, "No." But he's, you know, he's he's trying to put money back into his community. And I've tried to tell people this my whole life: like shop the places that are local around you. Keep the money circulating in your own economy. You need a local installer to do things right. It keeps the skills in your town. If you keep giving people business. You don't have to be, you know, bring in people from the outside and have your packages shipped in and your money goes out and so forth. These are terrible trades for your community. And the, the long-term, um, I guess longevity is the right word, it's terrible for the longevity of your community to outsource everything because then the money just goes out there. You know? Your county budget's not what it used to be. What have I got on my list here? I've got the barbecue chicken supper. I've got, look, I'm going to shield this. There ain't no money involved. I'm a lifelong, at this point, it's three quarters of my life, Oasis fan. The documentary is coming out September 23rd. I believe they're showing it in a local theater near you. It's uh, the uh, Oasis, the big concert from 1996. And uh, I already have my tickets. So I'll be I'll be seeing that near the School of the Arts in Winston-Salem um, at the Aperture Theater. Uh, the big, the hot topic, as I'm just rolling through topics on my list here, is um, the people who make the blanket nearest you, the Afghans. 
And uh, yeah, what a what a wicked situation with a lot of wild information that's rolling around like a hamster in a you know in a wheel. Uh, it does seem like people don't get off the wheel long enough to know whether somebody's screwing with them or not. They just and when I say the wheel, I mean that Facebook wheel. Like you know, it looks like when they spin the wheel on Prices Right, they just take their thumb and just. And I just, I don't get it, right? You, you're, you're not going and trying to read subjective journalism or who knows where the you know, people get most of their information. Oh, damn it, the Mexican wall cost $5 billion and Biden did. The, the NPR came out with a news article last year. I mean, the, the, the wall is at $11 billion and going because you got to maintain it. And they built it in such a way to leave gaps between like A to you know, C to F to whatever, so that you basically would have to fill the wall in for it to be effective in the future, which is ingenious if you want the wall to be there. Otherwise, the rest of the wall is pretty meaningless, so they have to keep pumping money into this thing. So no, the wall is not $5 billion. It's not, Now it's in the double digits. In the, in the billions, it's in the double digits. But the Afghans over there, they say, oh, he just turned over all this equipment. The United States has been living their military goodies behind, their refuse behind for a century now. This is what we did in World War One and Two and Korea and everywhere else. They left stuff behind. They did this during the Gulf War twenty I guess it's thirty years ago now, nineteen ninety one. This is no secret. They leave stuff behind. Yes, they take the guidance systems out of the Black Hawk helicopters. So they are not a lethal threat. They don't leave them heavily armored or whatever. Like these photographs that you see of the guys with a lot of the helicopters you're already seeing are things that were given to the Afghan Air Force when the United States troops trained them and then turned over stripped down vehicles to them. They're not fully armored. They're not lethal. But, you know, if some of those they can fly. The, the Taliban, and this has been published as well, nobody's going out and saying this, is re- trying to recruit airmen, trying to recruit pilots and people who are familiar with these uh, pieces of equipment that are left behind in the hopes that they can find people who could fly them because they haven't been able to. Maybe if you've not seen the video of the, the Taliban, I guess, had one of these Black Hawk helicopters. Yes, it was stripped all the way down, but no, they couldn't take it 10 feet up in the air off this runway. On a heated Fansville by Dr. Pepper. The state has to make this kick. This guy's automatic. No way he misses. It was you. What? You jinxed it. Jinxing who, me? No. You just said no way he misses, and he missed. You honestly think my words have power over this kicker? Yes. You guys are crazy. This is ridiculous. Tell it to the refs. You think that kicker hurt me? There's no such thing as a jinx. Dr. Pepper, the official drink of Fansville. I mean, everybody acts like it's a fucking plug-and-play, you know, where, like, they just hook up the USB cord and all of a sudden the Black Hawk helicopter tapes off. Like, you guys have been watching Spy Kids or some kind of nonsense way, way too long. That's right, you just jump in the Black Hawk and do-do-do-do-do-do-do. It's like MacGyver, and they just all just, you know, What? Like this is the <laughs> some of this stuff is the most sophisticated technology those guys will ever encounter. You know, like you could, they could just sit in it, 
<laughs> it comes natural. These guys have been living in caves their whole life. They live in a, a lot of impoverished situations and so forth. And it is wild how much credit they give to these folks. Number one, the numbers are wrong. They left very few operable pieces of equipment behind. There's been nothing to substantiate that they left anything more than the pieces that the Afghan Air Force was given behind. There's nothing to indicate that they left brand new U.S.-controlled vehicles in the country that didn't get out. That's yet to be substantiated in any way, shape, or form. And it's not $80 billion. It's $80 billion. He just gave it to them. No. A lot of depreciation, a lot of stripping down, no guided systems, no heavy weapons, no, you know, it's, it's ridiculousness the way this was said. It's as if he gave you a triple A baseball team and they're like, he gave him a bunch of professional baseball players. Yes, he gave some people, some people, you know, like on a triple A baseball team who are at the end of their career, they're dwindling down, their good tools are gone, they're fading out. And they were previously, or they may be contracted professional baseball players in the technical sense. But they are not a threat <laughs> the way that that is played out on paper. You're just fooling yourself. Cue up the sticks here. Doom, 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 doom. song called the angry young man you're fooling yourself <sighs> these folks man it, it, it just, he gave them all this stuff and they, no he didn't nobody's consciously giving away I mean, this is, it's, it's just ridiculousness ridiculousness um I'm trying to see what the, um, what this note means to myself. Wasn't good enough to invade Iraq or Serbia. Yeah, people are doing this whole deal where it's like the Afghan situation. They got this guy hanging from a helicopter and so forth and so on. I mean, they, they execute people by the dozens or whatever every day in in Serbia and Croatia and all these places in the world. And there's Americans and all kinds of other places that are, you know, in rough patches in China or North Korea or whatever. Now, are they tearing them up like that? Not necessarily. But as you're leaving, you know, they guy drives into the airport, you know, blows up, you know, a large 
section of the airport. He takes 170-something Afghans and 13 soldiers and whatever. That is, you know, it's not good. I mean, some of those things are considered like the cost of the operation. People are like, oh, that's so wild. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, there's a lot of professional athletes running around uh, selling cars and doing things because they got injured in their line of work. And, but that's inherent in the pay and the risk and what's understood up front when you volunteer for the Army and you get into it. It doesn't make it any less of a loss for your family. But it, it, it's part of the gig, and I think people who swear into any kind of armed, whether it be law enforcement or you know, if, if you're federal something and you're here, if you're a troop and you're either here or abroad or anything that's sworn and you're going to be facing any kind of, you know, combat, whether that's on the streets in Chicago or whether it's in Afghanistan, it's understood that, you know, your number one goal is, you know, come home, you know. But it's understood also that you run the risk of getting into life or death situations. That is why many of the benefits and and things are supposed to line up towards that risk versus reward i don't know that anything is really worth um the trade-off but you know i think any place that is trying to recruit people or keep you know good folks tries to do it the best they can whether it's because people will have um medical care, the opportunity for education, a military funeral, life insurance. It's all these things that may or may not happen depending on your length of service, what you accomplish, how you may meet your end, that kind of stuff. is It's up in the air. But This is Afghanistan. Alexander the Great tried to conquer this country. Then Genghis Khan, then the British. Now Russia. But Afghan people fight hard. They never be defeated. Ancient enemy, make prayer about these people. You wish to hear? Mm -hmm. Very good. It says, may God deliver us from the venom of the cobra, teeth of the tiger, and the vengeance of the Afghan. Understand what this means? That you guys don't take any shit? Yes. Something like this. We go now. It's really, um,. It's really an ugly place over there, for the most part. And you got these guys who live in caves, and nobody's conquered them for you know three thousand years. And here we are, just trying to trying to do these airlifts and get people out, which is okay. But one of the reasons that you know Biden gives this reason anyway that you know that's their war, it's a civil war, and you need to stay out of it, kind of thing. And uh, 
You have to take from that what you will. But if you really believe in interjecting in people's civil wars, why aren't we getting into the thing between Taiwan and China or Serbia and Croatia? Or, and, you know, we, we went over there and everybody was like, oh, we went to Iraq for the wrong reasons and da 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 And, you know, well, it's not dissimilar if Saddam Hussein is such a tyrant and he's doing his thing. Where do you draw that line? If you think that you should stay in Afghanistan because of, then we got to do something there. And if not, then you know you pull out and you cut your losses. But this idea that folks just they look at it in this very either selective memory or you know until something happens they don't really oh. Now that somebody's been the subject of violence, it becomes this escalatory thing. We're going to blame, you know, somebody. How many times last year did somebody burn down a police station or we saw officers ambushed and so forth? A lot more than 13. And it's not like somebody just declared war on... You know, these perpetrators. In fact, it was treated, you know, with kid gloves. Like, you just have to let people march up and down the street, and you can't interject. And if the riot police were to suppress people try to, uh, people trying to, you know, mischievously loot or, you know, burn down or just be. quite frankly the worst kind of neighbors or citizens or whatever I don't know if you, I'm trying to say something pleasant but you've got an organized group of people who are causing an active riot and they're destroying a community and you have to step out of the way and that's what happens here and maybe somebody gets hurt or injured killed and the answer to that this universal back and forth this term defund the police came up and out of that. Now, who's these guys who are trying to stand their ground or at least, you know, protect public offices and, you know, they're, they're trying to be peacekeepers. Now, whether or not they're perfect peacekeepers, I don't know. You could look at the U.S. military and say, hey, there's a guy that, remember that video of that guy punting that dog like a football or what happened to the soldiers at Abu Ghraib where they abused the prisoners or what might or may not happen to people in Guantanamo Bay and is waterboarding torture and so forth. No, it can't have that discussion. God knows you can't be objective and discuss all the points here. and go, Hey, wait a minute. Not everything's clean. No, it's not, because it's it's done by individuals, just the same as you could tell me. That was a bad group of soldiers, one bad apple, whatever. Now, if I try to tell you that that's what happened with the violence at the Kabul airport, you going to accept that? That's your logic. You going to accept your own logic? I'm forward-thinking guy you give me an alternative we can discuss that too but i just i i'm not a person who's very big on you having these clashes and consistency 
I don't know if clash is inconsistency is a good word, but you, if you are inconsistent and you selectively pick uh, and choose these very, very, what I think are very obvious parallels. I'm sorry, you, you pick and choose your reason for things that are obvious parallels where it can attend and it can thrive in one of them, but it cannot in the other. Well, it doesn't make any sense to me. Not for the most part. I mean, uh, we, we can flip back over to the, and I'll talk about this in a second, the COVID thing. And we'll start talking about that. But you you just run the risk if you if you're trying to be all oh this is Biden's fault, and then you don't acknowledge that there was a different timeline. I mean they've talked about drawing down the troops in Afghanistan for they've been doing it for a long long time. Got to leave sometime. Oh this was not the way to do it. And so, you know here's these folks who may or may not have served, but you know you you're sideline, and you go oh now that something's bad has happened I. I would have done it differently. There had to have been a better way. We just went through a year of essential versus non-essential and trying to give money away. and We're still supplementing people's checks or giving a child credit or whatever it might be. And whether you agree or you disagree, everybody who's got this better way is not running for office and then interjecting that change from inside the system or above. You're sitting on the outside. I watched a, a video of a young lady transition to COVID. I watched a video of a young lady who was at a school board meeting. And she says to the board, We're tired. You're not going to mask up our kids anymore. We're here to declare our freedom. Well, your freedom is whatever the Constitution grants you and whatever the court holds. That's what your freedom is. Good evening. Um, my name is Carrie Boyle. You see my shirt, it says Mama. And I'm a mama bear. And I know there's a lot of mama bears here tonight. And no one's going to mess with our cubs. That's right. So you know. Um, I'm a resident of Encinitas, born and raised San Diegan, and tonight I'm simply here to tell you to unmask our children. We're done begging. In fact, we're done asking for permission. That's right. We are going to be unmasking our children today. That's right. The pandemic is over. The parents are done. We're done asking you, public servants, for permission. We are done. You can all wear your masks. In fact, you can wear two masks and three masks. You can wear gloves. You can have plexiglass. You can do whatever you need to do to keep you safe. But we, the parents, believe we have a choice for our children. And I don't know who you think you are, that you think that you have more of a say than us, the parents, mm -hmm. and our doctors. Mm -hmm. I don't know who any of you think you are. I really don't. That's right. It ends today. That's right. We are declaring our freedom tonight. We do not consent to the lies, fear-mongering, and abuse. You all know it's abuse. This is tyrannical leadership, mm. poor leadership. Mm. None of you are willing to stand up for our children. This is why we are all here tonight, because we're fed up. We're done asking permission. We're done playing games. The pandemic is over. We are done, Andre. We're done. That's right. See the chairs that you're sitting in? We own those chairs. Mm -hmm. See these lights? We pay for the lights, mm -hmm. not you. Okay. And she went on to tell them that that microphone you're using, these lights, we paid for all that. You you have to be a citizen of where you live, a resident of where you live, to be able to run for the board. Those people are paying the same taxes you're paying. 
In fact, they might be better off than you, and they're paying more taxes than you're paying. But they're paying for their own seats just like you're paying for their seats. You as an individual aren't paying any more for their salary than they are. That's the reality of it. They're not exempt from taxes because they're on the board. It was a very mischievous and very inaccurate thing to say. The pandemic is over, is it? I mean, that's not what I'm seeing with statistics. You know, you got a heart attack. Are you not calling the ambulance and going down to the same doctor who's telling you to get the vaccine? Oh, you trust him in one area, just not the other one. It just didn't make any sense the way everybody's acting foolish. There was a guy who put a video up, and I will interject it here. The following video has been rated CT. It contains logical questions and critical thinking throughout. Viewer discretion advised. To the mindless followers of the world, for well over a year now, you've done everything in your power to bend others to your will. You've harassed those of us who refuse to take on your fear as ours as well. And whenever someone dares to stand up against you with logic, you fail to provide any justification for your willful ignorance. The truth doesn't mind being questioned. It is lies that don't like to be challenged. So to prove to you just how many lies you've chosen to believe, I have some questions for you. If it's so effective, why are we being bribed to take it with food and drinks that make us more unhealthy? If it's so dangerous, why hasn't the homeless population been completely eradicated by it? If people are so scared of coming down with it, why aren't they just staying home and leaving the rest of us alone? How do the plastic dividers at the grocery store checkout lines protect you when the cashier will touch everything you had in your cart before you take it all home yourself? If we still have to cover our faces after getting it, how effective is it in the first place? How many times does the CDC have to change their guidance before you realize they have no idea what they're talking about altogether? If public health is worth giving away medicine for free, why aren't medicines being given away for free to treat other illnesses? Why do professional athletes get to have bare faces while playing, breathing, and sweating all over each other, but you have to cover your face if you want to go watch them play in person? Why did the richest people in the world get $1.2 trillion richer in the past year, while those in the working class were either furloughed or laid off altogether? Why is it so important that we cover our faces when we walk into a restaurant, but not important that we keep them covered once we get to our table? What was the reason for one-way lines in grocery stores when we were all breathing the same air the whole time anyway? Who exactly are you protecting by covering your face while driving, alone, in your car? If you're so worried about cross-contamination, why aren't gas pump handles wiped down the way door handles are? Why were small family-owned businesses forced to close while big box retailers raked in record profits this whole time? If the very air we breathe out is so contagious, why aren't we forced to put face coverings in biohazard containers after use? What purpose do keypad protectors serve when everyone touches the same protector time after time with their bare hands anyway? Why aren't students allowed to share anything in the classroom, but are allowed to play with the same ball during recess? At the doctor's office, why are we forced to cover our faces and sign in on a touchpad, but then get handed a pen by a barehanded receptionist to fill out our paperwork? Explain why fast food drive through workers put your bagged food on a tray to hand to you, but have no problem touching our cards or money with their bare hands. How are you protecting yourself by wearing gloves everywhere when you touch your phone and your face with those gloves as well? Why does no one mention that the disposable face coverings are only intended for single use? If health is really the goal, why aren't people encouraged to exercise with the same regularity they are encouraged to do whatever the CDC recommends? How important is covering your face and social distancing when you're the first ones to break social distancing and get in our face to scream at us when we refuse to comply with your draconian mandates? Why do airlines repeat the lie that wearing a face covering is a federal law when the law itself is unconstitutional to the core? If you have to social distance while waiting in line to board your plane, but sit on that plane next to someone else, what's the point of social distancing in the first place? 
Since face coverings are such a big deal to you, why isn't there one single universally approved face covering required by all establishments? Which do you really fear more, the virus or independent thought and freedom altogether? Why do you trust the TV more than you trust your own eyes? When will you value your freedoms more than you value absolute compliance? What more will it take for you to stop following orders and start questioning the narrative? The critical thinkers of the world await your response. Get busy. We've got time. And trust me, we're all ears. The first revolution is when you change your mind about how you look at things and see that there might be another way to look at it that you have not been shown. The revolution will not be televised, not be televised, and be no rerun, brothers and sisters. The revolution will be live. So here he is running down all these questions. Well, what about this? The kids touching this and touching, touching, touching. So the CDC has, you can pull this up for yourself, the CDC has a very simple how it spreads for you to read on their government, you know, function, uh, funded, funded, their government funded website. Um, you know, they're their own thing and they've got a list of how it spreads for you. So here's this young man. He's going up and down the list of people touching this and cashiers touching that. And it's a respiratory disease. It's spread by the droplets and things that come out of your orifices not your skin, your orifices. And that's what the mask is for, is to diminish the spread of those things. Well, how come the grocery store clerk can touch everything, but there's a face shield between the two of your respiratory systems? Is that what you're asking the question of there, Jack? Oh, interesting, right? Well, how come I can ride around in a car and I can wear a seatbelt, but I don't have to wear gloves if I get in an accident? But the seatbelt keeps you from being thrown out and catastrophic damage, and I don't know what the hell the gloves would do. He asked another, you know, one of his questions involved gloves, but that's just, that's not ever been, that I know of, heavily recommended or whatever. That's a personal choice. This idea that he makes this example of people driving around with a mask in their own car, that's not anything I've seen that's widely recommended or anything either. It's a personal choice. Some people are going to wear a mask when they're out doing yard work. Some people are not. But when you start running down all this nonsense about, you know, more than half of what he's saying is all wiped away by the touch argument. And then this idea that he's, aren't masks a biohazard? No, they're not. It's a complicated biological weapon from what I have, you know, been led to believe or what I would be in favor of, of if I had to make a guess. But as it's going to mutate, as it does... No, your hepatitis A vaccine will not fight hepatitis B. It may be a deterrent in some ways or keep you from some other catastrophic thing. But it's not a shield against both things. Well, if they're giving away free medicine for COVID, how come they're not giving away the other free vaccines that they give you at the public health department for measles and tuberculosis and polio and everything? Every other vaccine they give you that's free and... 
well, you know, they have to give people snacks and people that are bad for them. And yes, my dad goes and gives blood and platelets to the American Red Cross. And guess what? They let him watch a movie and sit down and eat something and drink something. <laughs> and that's what they do because they'd like to be able to have donations and give blood. They're asking for you to participate in the system. The guy has some stupid ass question about why don't you know why aren't they telling people you should be exercising all the time? I'm there's a completely different department about fitness that I guess Reagan established. You remember Arnold was the spokesman for you know with Nancy Reagan and getting fit and all that stuff. That's still going on. Nobody's not recommending that you go out and exercise. <laughs> it's, it's the CDC. It's not the GNC. Like what the fuck? <laughs> this dude <laughs> just. Beyond me, because people ask these facetious questions, you know. Oh, yeah, how come you don't have to have a driver's license to drive a (laughs) go-kart? Because it's not a motor vehicle. It doesn't go this many cc's and 30 miles an hour and have that many gears. There, There are certain qualifications that make certain things a firearm. So if you own a dummy i talked about denix revolvers but if you own a an airsoft gun it's not a firearm why well it doesn't have a firing pin for one i mean there's very simple things that disqualify it from being that thing it's just like anybody's argument against transgender people if your chromosomes come back to this if the coroner is going to do an autopsy he's going to find that you are of the sex that you were born no matter what hormonal changes you have or cosmetic surgery or whatever, that doesn't change you. It's like a snake who's changed, you know, who went through all these skins. He's still the same snake he was in the beginning. This is wild, wild things that happen with these folks. I even wrote a reply to this guy's YouTube video, which is where I, I took the, the sample from. And, uh, I'll just read it for you right here. I covered a little bit of this. The CDC's How It Spreads document covers a majority of this. A face covering reduces the spread of droplets, like the grocery store shield, while general touch and sharing of objects does not spread the virus, not to the same degree. Why don't they give out free medicine, like the vaccines that are given cost-free at public health offices nationwide? Those vaccinal offerings? This might be the most ill-contrived list around. If you can regulate a dress code of shirts, shoes, and beyond that holds up in court, yes it does, then they can add a mask to the list. It's part of the dress code. If you can require a ticket for admission, yes, you can require a vaccine passport. Hmm. How are these difficult concepts to understand? Hey, why do those quarantined athletes get to have a close quarters activity But the non-quarantined crowd has to mask up. (laughs) Gee, I wonder. The last piece I will address is this this statement that the guy makes. The law is unconstitutional itself. Well, courts have upheld these changes. The same as Roe v. Wade, etc. Elected representatives introduce changes, and they can be checked by the judicial branch of government. After that... So, OJ's not guilty, no matter what other version you might believe. COVID has statistics exponentially higher than foodborne, traffic-related, and a variety of other areas where people suffer terminal consequences. This is Michael L. Craver Presents material here. If you're not in favor of regulating the larger numbers and a great catastrophic pan- and the great catastrophic pandemic... <clears throat> And then I encourage you to act on that logic and be consistent. 
repeal all of your local seat belt, helmet, sanitation, and otherwise hindrances that the health department has no business spending time on. There's no sense in prosecuting a shoplifter if you're going to let the embezzler go unchecked. I just... People are wild. They're all over the place thinking about... You, you see anybody with these photos of empty ICUs, empty... No. No. You don't see a bunch of respirators buried in the landfill because they're not getting used, man. But I see plenty of stories of people who, like Jesse Jackson or whoever, these famous folks, they're going through a rough time. There's plenty of them who've died. So this idea, you know, a couple of years ago that it was, it was oh, it was fake and they're manipulating their fear of migraine and it's not real. Now everybody knows it's very fucking real. It's been close enough to you to do some damage. And if you are not in the loop... If you're not in the knowledgeable community on this, you're still asking the dummy questions. Oh, I'm sure they manipulated the election and they did this and they did that. It's always something, bro. You know, did am I am I wrong about this? Let's. Um, Am I? I'm thinking Hillary Clinton got the um, majority in 2016. Am I wrong about this? No, she won 65, almost 66 million to 63 million. But or, you know, of course, the Trump people are, yeah, oh, he, he won, he won in the technical sense. He's the same way he beat the impeachment. He won by the electoral college. It's not a popular vote thing. So Hillary doesn't get to take office, even though she beat him by over two percentage points. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> it's pretty wild um, like that, because when you um, when you go around and you start arguing all these little versions of things, because it's some sort of uh, I guess you would say it's a version of trolling people. I don't know that that's true, but it's not they're, that they're debating or that they're compassionate or, uh, or otherwise compromising folks that I see having these just ill-mannered, this misinformation, whether it's about Afghanistan, whether it's about the virus. It's just ridiculousness. And I don't see the the reason I say they're not, they're not compromising. I never see anyone going out and apologizing because they chose the wrong side. Their team didn't win. They had bad information, and now they're going to put up the good information. You never see that. And it breeds this entire segment of people where they just run around and they see something they like, and they're like, yeah, check this out. Okay. Now, hold on. I, you remember that thing you told me last week? That's not actually right. Oh, whatever. And it's just what you know, it's whatever. Education and accountability and that kind of thing. When I say education, I mean the structure of, like, if you had a semester of work to do, and you're doing all this work that ends up being a flop, 
You don't turn in your homework, or you know, you, you fail that one. Oh, that's all right. Well, it brings your law of averages down. Now your accountability is shot. And especially if you have no grown-up, mature intention of apologizing or getting better information or going back to the table and saying, hey, wait a minute, maybe I should rethink this. Let me try to work with you. Or, or where did you get your information? Because obviously it's more successful than mine. They're not doing that. They're going to do that. They have found this niche like anybody else um, who's not guilty of anything, but you can live working from check to check or being a server your whole life or working in restaurants. I mean, that's that's the fields I've previously been in. And those folks can do whatever they want to do. And, you know, they're going to bum a ride off of somebody or they don't have aspirations to move up and out and increase their budget and have a bigger tax return or whatever it might be. It's a shame to see that. Because you like to think that as you go through life, you get a little wiser, you help people out a little more, you, smarter, not harder, and you know what I mean? Less is more kind of thing. But you, you, you're missing that. I mean, it's, and it's frustrating to watch that happen around you because you lose faith in your overall species when you see folks who are, as NBC's show would call them, the weakest link. Now, maybe other people have some very interesting ways to deal with these folks. I don't, because I'll run across something now and then, and I'll decide, hey, I'm going to jump in and share an article right here, or say a few things, and it'll disappear. And I do. And of course, people, you know, they listen to the show, or they write emails to me after the show, or block me on social media, or it might be, and I just, you know. Better is six letters and coward is six letters, so can't be a coincidence. I just I can't for the life of me figure where these uh, conversations are supposed to end up. Not my conversation with myself. I mean, I want that to end up where I'm able to put together a lot of thoughts. Maybe I think of something in a very clever way. But you just, it's very important um, to me anyway that I find these um, very interesting um, ways of describing things. One of my hobbies, uh, one of my hobbies is um, just you know, writing and describing things. And I'm a huge fan of taking the time to sit down about something that I do not understand or I'm not maybe on the same page with other folks, whatever it might be. And I want to organize my thoughts by sitting down, writing about them, and figure out whether I'm right, whether I'm wrong. I'm constantly testing myself like that. And um, I hope other folks are too. But when I say that people are stuck and they're not going to mature the rest of their life, I mean, that kind of thing. What I see is these very ugly situations where uh, people need public assistance or that kind of thing. They're not people who have continued to, to get stronger or grow or get wiser. 
um, as time goes on, they don't take any better care of themselves. And as your body depreciates and you're not doing anything to supplement that, you're going to struggle. And then you get, you know, and then you pass the point of no return. And I think many, many people have done that with their social skills. They've passed a point of no return where they're, they're not interested. They're not going to look up better information. They've stopped having the ability to uh, learn and to build off of uh, any kind of learning experience. And that's one of my favorite words at work is, you know, you have something, it goes right, great. It goes wrong, and I throw out the word learning experience because it's... <sighs> It's just interesting to me, I guess. It's it's sad in, in a lot of ways, but I just, I have trouble looking around and thinking that um, you have a young man who would decide, I'm going to post this about Mr. Biden. I'm going to talk this way about Kamala Harris or about Trump or about... And there's been so many times that um, you got these folks who are, I, I would just say disrespectful of the title, of the name, of the whatever. And that's where you got this, ah, it's not my president. He, In fact, he is the president of the country that you live in. So unless you are renouncing your citizenship or something of the nature where you're not part of this nation, a taxpaying you know, citizen, whatever, then he's most definitely your president. I and mean, that's just ridiculousness. You participate in a place where, you know, ultimately he is the president, whether you're using the public roads or airwaves or whatever it might be. That's the title that he was elected into. And so he's going to carry it around, and history books are going to say that, regardless of whatever you say. So is O.J. guilty? Oh, he ain't guilty in my world. Or he is guilty in your world. Well, you know, it's just ridiculous nonsense. And there you have it. McDonald's new crispy chicken sandwich. This isn't just another chicken sandwich. No, it's more than that. It's the crispy chicken sandwich. From the makers of the world's most stolen fries. It's the juicy chicken sandwich from the place that offers extra napkins for a reason. It's the tender chicken sandwich from the creators of a sandwich phenomenon. So you won't just be biting into a chicken sandwich. You'll be biting into McDonald's new crispy, juicy, tender chicken sandwich. Introducing McDonald's new crispy chicken sandwiches. I wish there was some way to... Um... I don't know, to, to make it wholesome for us all to kind of, like, enjoy where it's not shameful and you don't have to put your head down. and uh, I mean, it's almost as if the people who are on the right side don't have the, um, I don't know that humility is the right word, but I would say this. I would say that when it comes to 
the gamble of, well, I guess gamble might not be the most accurate word. You do your research. You are on the ball. You are up to date. You're not wrong, right? You have the numbers, the math, the science. You got covered, brother. And here's this other guy, and he's, well, there is some responsibility to the people who are wiser to be able to find perhaps a way to communicate or welcome that person on board without there being any shame or any kind of a jaded feel to them being wrong. And so when you want to welcome them, you know, and, and try to get them to, I, I've never seen anybody who's uh, in favor of the mask thing. And they're not welcome anybody else to put a mask on and, and be their friend and join them. Not seeing anybody. Nope, we're not letting you wear a mask. Hell with you. I haven't seen any of that. It's the whole point that you're missing out of the two sides is, and this is, you can boil it down to two words. I think they're very applicable and they're very realistic. You got the folks who are unselfish and you got the folks who are selfish. As I described in other shows, you, you don't go into the operating room and put a mask on while you're handling the susceptible person for your protection from them it's to protect them from you and you're voluntarily doing that now i know you know that the old seinfeld you know we had to invent a law to put helmets on people who were too stupid to either stop the activity or wear a helmet on their own so we had to create a punishment for them not wearing the helmet that's what they're doing for the vaccine that's what they're doing for many things and, and you know, people look around and they're like, oh, that's crazy. Don't they do gun buyback programs? <clears throat> yeah, because they don't want people to get shot in your community. They like to reduce the number of guns, reduce gun violence. And they buy back guns? Yes, they do. And they'll pay for you to get the vaccine. Yes, they will. No. They want you to participate in faith-based programs sometimes. Well, not publicly, but a lot of churches have busing for their church. They'll go out and pick you up if you want to come over and come to the service. They'd like for you to be part of the community. No. Yes, they would. They'd like for you to be a member of the agricultural wing of the community, which then, whether you know this or not, my dad participates in it. You can send off and you can get different seed from different places if you have an agriculture department in your state or your municipality, whatever, where they'll give you bird seed or things for your garden or whatever it might be. Those are available programs. Really? Yeah, they'd like you to participate. Just the same as putting somebody on a supplemental income or Medicaid or whatever. That is their version of trying to reach out and show you compassion and give you a better quality of life as best possible because you are not doing it on your own. And when they ask you to put the mask on and they can't move on these other programs too... So what what happens when they tell you if you get caught not wearing a mask, they're going to take your child credit or your welfare away? Oh, that's ridiculousness. You know what Delta Airlines has figured out? So they didn't decide to do a mask mandate as a total move. What they said is if, you, if you're not, I'm sorry, they have a mask mandate, a vaccine mandate. Uh, so if you're not vaccinated, they charge you $200 extra on your health insurance. Now, you might remember from the last couple episodes how I talked about health insurance being this very wild west, deadwood, no man's land that the court's not going to touch because you have chosen to do something that costs them more money. And if they have the figures that say unvaccinated people are you know, getting screwed up and they're dying and they're costing more money, then guess what? 
They're going to be able to charge you whatever they want for the premiums, whatever penalty. And Delta Airlines is going to get by with this when it gets tested in court. And they're going to come out the victor. Why? Because the statistics and the math and the science all line up with that. And it makes sense to people. It's just, you know, you don't have to wear a nice outfit when you go into traffic court to try to, like, plead down your ticket to improper equipment or whatever. But it's understood that it's a formal place with pine benches and judges in robes and so forth. And they're swearing on Bibles and everything's, you know, got parliamentary procedure and all that stuff. And so, so when you go in there and you try to... It's just strange, man. Like, people are not going to... They're not going to practice the local customs. All right? So if you go into some other place and you don't practice the local customs, generally they treat you like an asshole or an outsider or you're not very welcome. And then you get mad because you come in somewhere and you try to do things that are rebellious and then you get treated like a rebel. And what do they do to rebellions? They squash them. It's no secret. These folks who move into communities who want to celebrate, um, celebrate. I'm inventing all kinds of new words here. See how wise I am. They want to celebrate their lifestyle. They want to do it in a way that agitates other people. That's what they're doing for many times, and that's why I, I merged the two in my head, my Aspergers or whatever. Uh, they move into a community and they want to celebrate the lifestyle they have whether it's alternative or otherwise and it's not the norm they want to move somewhere that they can you know they're going to make a difference they're going to establish their own little chapter of being whatever flamboyant way or whatever rebellious way they might be and then tell you that if you don't accept them in a nation that is founded on the principles of democracy that if those people as the minority or as the troublemakers is what they are um, if they are not treated equally and fairly and don't have the same you know winning percentage that you have in this democracy then you are very wrong for not giving up your control of, of the town or completely accepting them or whatever it might be so let's take being a rainbow warrior or an LGBTQRSTUV, you know, let's let's take the flamboyant guy moves into town and he's not accepted. Ah. Now here's another guy. And he moves into town and he is just all about this lifestyle of um, atheism. Is he going to be accepted in the middle of... Uh, The West Town Baptist Church or out in Utah or some other religious community? No, he's not. But if he goes and walks down the street, like the, the guys who are going to walk into the bank trying to open carry their guns or whatever, he's going to attract the wrong kind of attention. And he's doing it on purpose. He's trying to see how far he can take it. It's a real simple thing to assess. I mean, you... You have these folks out in the world who ride around on a dirt bike or the X Games. You know, these a lot of these folks, they may play, be playing a game of can you top this, but ultimately they're trying to do their best. 
And that's the, the difference between the selfish and the unselfish mindset. It's, it's one thing to do your best. It's another thing to have the best interest in the, of the community or the world at large around you be your guiding light. Those are two extremely different things. And if you are trying to do something that is going to um, shake up the fabric or change their way of life or undermine what's going on, you're trying to you know, ruin a good thing. Well, you're doing a disservice to all those people and to yourself. There are places where nearly everything is accepted in, you know, the region that is welcome, right? So, so you got, like I said, the Mormons in Utah, or you got folks who are this stereotypical Bible belt, right? And you got communities. Um, I mean, like up in Illinois, up in Chicago, you know, there's, if you were Polish or so forth, I mean, those communities are so thick, so strong. They have Polish-speaking everything, businesses, Polish newspapers, and so forth. Um how did they get strong like that? Well, because they did business with their own people and they employed their own people. The same way that Jewish folks did in the early part of the last century, haberdasheries and so forth and so on. Um, they built up their own community by building up like people around them. And it's that, that's not discrimination because they excluded other people, and whether they chose to or not. They simply were very... as. <laughs> As the wrestler Bret Hart used to say, he would champion Canada, and he'd say, I'm not anti-American. He's I'm just very, very pro-Canada. These folks, like same concept. They're very, very pro their community and their cultures and way of life. They're not anti-yours. They don't practice those things. They're not telling you you can't practice those things. They're just very, very much in favor of celebrating theirs. So, <laughs> I don't know why that's hard to understand. On this podcast, I only talk about the things I want to talk about. No, sometimes people write in, and I, I pull topics and you know, put them on a list and 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 throw them to the show. It's just, it's not that you know difficult to um, to do. Is there anything else on my list I've not covered? Um, somebody had posted something about school kids having to wear masks and how that had been like studied and it was you know so terrible for them and. Then I pulled up that study in Forbes magazine. It had been retracted because that's bullshit. Um, paid for the lights. Yeah. I mean, I covered that. You still going to some school board meeting or telling a police officer or anybody else, I pay your salary. You as an individual don't pay any more of his salary than he does. Don't be a dumbass. Um, elected representatives versus public servants. Um, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll wrap up on that one. So, the lady at the school board meeting said the same thing. She's like, you are public servants! Well, they're not public servants, per se. It's not like you're going down to the local, you know, mess hall or the, um, public hospital or whatever other public arrangement the courthouse anywhere that's got a cafeteria otherwise those are not public servants per se where they're waiting on you hand and foot or shoe shining or doing laundry or any other kind of clerical or otherwise service that public servants they're elected officials that's why you have an election <laughs> you didn't buy them off an auction block you elected them in office or, or a majority of people did whatever that goes 
And so as elected representatives, they have the powers and the duties that go along with that. So when they decide these decisions, <laughs> that's what happens during their term. And you listen to them. Because until you're 18 and you pay the rent, you live under my roof, you're going to follow my rules. Right. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, school board. Because those are the folks who are going to get sued and have to answer for the decisions that they make. Not you. Jesus. I mean, this ain't hard to understand. Well, I mean, it's not hard to comprehend. But, you know, these folks act like those guys are speaking Spanish. So they might as well just say, no comprende. I just... I was such a loss on so much of this stuff. To, to just look at people, it should not be that. I mean, the Internet shares it, but it should not be that prevalent that someone is an idiot in their community and you don't look at that and see it so you don't repeat that behavior. And folks look at this stuff and they think it's a good idea. I'm going to go do that at my school board meeting. I'm going to stand up to them. I'm going to yell at them. And then what? They're going to sit there and they're going to be the next beating and the next one until they're up for election. And eventually, after they're voted out and the term ends and so forth, then they won't be there anymore. This foolishness that people have where they try to tell people who are voted into power that have the ability to execute their job and their duties to the best of their ability. They're going to do what they're going to do. The judicial branch and the appellate courts and so forth are going to do what they're going to do. And so they decide they're going to do something, and it's legal. That becomes the, the new norm. That becomes the standard. You don't like that, then you know, you're welcome to run for office. You're welcome to sue them and see if the court will overturn it or you can win. But once that happens, that is the process of appealing it or coming to a finality. And if that is the new finality, and that is how the courts render it to be constitutional, so forth and so on, then you as a good citizen, should fall in line with what the court says. Freedom doesn't mean being able to hijack stuff and heckle people and do things without consequence and act like a stick of butter. I mean, it's, it's just silly for anybody to think that being obnoxious, well, I mean, the First Amendment lets, lets you lie to people and joke with people and be... It does. It gives you enough freedom... To, I got to, I got ready to say to hang yourself, but that's not true. Suicide's against the law in most places. Uh, the First Amendment gives you enough leisure to to do very foolish things that I just don't see as being in the public or your your own best interest. But there's folks who want to be known for that. They want to be different, like Gomer Pyle and and Full Metal Jacket. You you want to be different. Well, then you get treated different. You act like it, why wouldn't you get treated like it? It's very silly. That's the old <clears throat> Dave Chappelle. You dress like a, you know, just because I'm dressed like this. Well, if, you, if you're wearing a whore's outfit, you know, maybe you are. <laughs> you can see it. You ever, you ever have this happen? This is how confusing it is. This, this is the practical application of what I'm talking about. Like a guy be out, just having a lot of guys, you be out at a club, bar, right? You just kicking with your boys, and, and a girl walks by, and, and man, she looks good. She looks good. Not good in that classical way. 
I mean, you know, I'm talking good. Like, she got half her ass hanging out her skirt. Mm. Her titties are all mashed together, popping out the top of her turtleneck and shit. And you with your buddies, right? You with your buddies, you got a couple drinks in you. And you see a girl like this, you might try to talk to her. This might not come out right. I don't know what you say, but damn, look at them titties. Right? <laughs> the girl gets mad at you. Oh, uh-uh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Just because I'm dressed this way does not make me a whore. Which is true. Gentlemen, that is true. Just because they dress a certain way doesn't mean they are a certain way. Don't ever forget it. But ladies, you must understand that that is fucking confusing. <laughs> just is. Now that would be like me, Dave Chappelle the comedian, walking around the streets in a cop uniform. Somebody might run up on me. Oh, thank God. Officer, help us. Come on, they're over here. Help us. I'm like, oh. Just because I'm dressed this way does not make me a police officer. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, all right, lady, fine. Fine. You are not a whore. But you are wearing a whore's uniform. I'll tell you that shit right now. That's what's strange about these situations is BS is not so easily labeled and identified anymore. I mean, there's genuinely ignorant people who believe that they are saying something that is secretive to you or, you know, they've got this ability to rebel. Number one, you can say those things. Number two, you don't know what it'll cost you, and that's a Michael L. Craver thing. Uh, And thirdly, it's, it's just not accurate just to think that you can be a rebel and get away with basically any nonconformist bunch of nonsense people do that and then they say it's you know i'm i'm exercising being an american or so forth or so on you're exercising being reckless and selfish uh you're doing things your own way and you do you put you put the good nature of the community and the future around you at risk if you do things that are ignorant and then other people accept those things and don't correct you or allow you're bringing it down. If I let you junk your yard up, it brings the value of the whole block down. Very simple. Brings the class average down. Then all of us got to get together and raise somebody, you know. And it's not easy to be the village people. So anyway, I'm going to wrap this up at a solid hour before edits or anything. And tell you guys, I appreciate all of you that have listened, have emailed in, have been interacting, uh, whether it be on the, the Facebook page. With A lot of people just private message me. And it, that's that's best, right? I'm not like a... Well, that was a, an insensitive joke. I'm not going to say that. Um, I was going to say I'm not going to put you on blast and then elevate that with a visual. But let's let's keep it to a minimum here. Guys, be safe out there. Get good information. And apologize when you're wrong. I do. This has been Michael L. Craver Presents. Yeah.